Blog Talk Radio. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. This is Kim with Black Free Thinkers, and we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself, not convert you. Yet again, we are here to challenge you. All right now, to think and live for yourself, not convert you. And, um, you know, we had Marcus Stennis on the show Sunday, and it was just a great, great conversation, a great interview, and I wasn't done. I had more questions for the young man, so we're going to do part two today because, you know, one of the things is because I'm so familiar with Marcus, I take for granted that, you know, I know a lot about his life and, you know, there are other areas that people may be interested in. And so I want to talk about, you know, his book a little bit more. And the name of his book is What's a God to a Non-Believer? My Journey Away from Religion Toward Atheism Through Hip-Hop Music. So, guys, the link is on the show notes. Go over to Amazon. You can pick a copy up. It's 12 bucks. I've already, you know, had a bunch of folks saying that they were going to go out there and, and buy a copy. I know I'm going to buy a bunch of copies. I'm going to be giving some away, you know, because, you know, I know how it is. You know, we're all in a struggle one way or another, right? So I want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to, you know, take a look at this book and read it because there are so many different areas that are covered throughout this book. I just want to make sure I cover a few more with, you know, with with Marcus here. And so last week when I started the show, you know, I mentioned Jay-Z's album, The 444, and um, I threw out some um, information about some links regarding capitalism, which, you know, it was coming from a different angle. And I just want people to get some balance because we all know that Jay-Z is, you know, one of the ultimate, you know, capitalists, black capitalists in this country. And, you know, for those who didn't know, you know, the Brooklyn Nets, the basketball team, Jay-Z put that together with a Russian billionaire investor. And I believe Jay-Z had 1% ownership of the team, even though they used his likeness in his name. But that's neither here nor there. You can go and look that up and find out some more information about that. But, um, you know, it was just a bunch of things that I wanted to kind of cover. And Jay-Z is 47. You know, I think I said he was 44, and I went out to look, but he's 47. What's so interesting is, e, not easy, e may he rest, um, what's his name, 50 Cent. <laughs> commented on Jay-Z's album and said, you know, he's 47 years old. You're too old to be on top. You know, he said that the music, that that album, while he liked it, it was, you know, he considered it golf course music, that it was just too smart. And so he did a shout-out to Migos and, you know, some of the other um, current hip-hop groups that I'm a little familiar with but not super familiar with. But, you know, again, Marcus has a bunch, you know, a bunch of information coming, and so he'll be able to delve into that a little bit later. I know it's a couple of articles, couple of um, interviews that are going to be coming up, and I, I'm more than positive that they'll dip into that. So for those of you that are a little disappointed that I'm not going that particular route, my apologies, but this mumble rap and some of this new stuff, I don't get it. And if I don't understand the words coming out of your mouth, I'm pretty much not going to listen to you. But, you know, I've opened my mind because I do or I used to like (laughs) Kendrick Lamar, right? 
and I still enjoy his music. Um, yeah, you know, some of the younger ones I hear, and Marcus and I will talk about some of them. But, Marcus, welcome back to the show, dear. Hey, Kim, thank you for having me, and thank you for sending uh, your listeners to the website to uh, purchase my book. I got some purchases. Thank you very much for that. Excellent. Excellent. I'm happy to hear that, and you're going to get more, you know, because I'm going to put some more information, and we'll talk about, you know, what I'm, what we're going to do a little bit later. But, you know, have you had a chance to listen to 444? I haven't, not yet. Yeah, I did. I, I, I went through it uh, three times because, um, well, this is, sound, this is going to sound bad. I'm a Jay-Z fan. I didn't care for it. I'm sorry. I know mm-hmm. that's like sacrilegious. You know, everybody should like Jay-Z. <laughs> I mean, let me say this. I appreciate that a 47-year-old man, I mean, like, he, he can still rap. Don't get me wrong. Um, I appreciate him uh, living his truth and speaking on it. I appreciate him. I especially appreciate him. Uh, he has a song named Smile where uh, mm-hmm. he mentions that his, mo- his mother is a lesbian. And uh, yes. just basically seem like he supports supports her, and that's that's a good thing. Um, you know, he has some, right. he has some inter- he has some fascinating criticisms of of the hip hop game, and you know, and I appreciate it all. I just it just didn't flow with me, you know, it just didn't flow with me. And you know, we can get into it uh, about what didn't flow with me, but you know, um, I guess the uh, story of OJ that was one of the songs that. You know, everybody was right. like, yeah, this song is, is, is the best. It's great. You know, the video. And I saw it. And I, once again, I appreciate Jay-Z for uh, touching a topic like this. But, you know, I just, you know, I know Jay-Z is a, is a capitalist, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I saw how he was, you know, judging uh, young guys about putting the money phone to the ears and, and uh, saying how, you know, he should have bought – uh, this apartment complex, and he'd have been he'd have made twenty five million. And I guess maybe I wanted to hear uh, maybe how he would uh, attack capitalism. You know, I didn't really hear that. Right. You know, uh, because I I kind of think that capitalism is is partly what's keeping black people in the place that it's in. And I'm not the smartest, you know, out in the in the bowl, <laughs> but you know. I, I did, this is just my feeling of it, you know. Uh, could you could you talk about capitalism and if if maybe I'm on the right track somewhere about how maybe capitalism uh, kind of thwarts mm-hmm. black, uh, I guess, black progress. Production. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I'm getting a little feedback from your headset there, so I want to let you know just a little bit. But um, okay. no, that's okay, honey. Um, regarding capitalism, I mean, you can't have capitalism without racism, you know, white supremacy, all of that, you know, and I guess I should be specific, racialized capitalism. However, you know, you have black capitalists that are out here, and it's the same thing. It doesn't change because it's in blackface. It is still tethered to white supremacy, anti-blackness, oppression of people of color. It's all tied in, which is why you hear many of us with anti-capitalist measures or messages. And so, you know, what's so interesting with Jay-Z and his critique of some of the younger guys and, and 
what to do with their money, you know, <laughs> he took his money and he invested it in putting together his first CD. And he did a wonderful job, and it worked for him. You know, he wasn't the only one. I mean, like I said, I think I mentioned MC Hammer and King J, and I mean, same thing with um, Master P and what, um, you know, what's been happening with um, Chance the Rapper here in Chicago. That is absolutely amazing, his story as to, you know, how he refused to allow himself to be basically a slave to a music company, and he knew that, you know, merchandising and touring was where the money was going to come from, as well as writing and producing. So, you know, capitalism, whether it's a white person talking to you about it or a black person talking to you about it, again, at the end of the day, is tethered to white supremacy and anti-blackness and oppression of people of color. And so, you know, again, when I'm looking at capitalism in this respect, you know, through the lens of Jay-Z and, you know, and, and what he's doing right now, you know, I look at the commodification of hip-hop and how he has capitalized off of that. And, I mean, what are your thoughts about that? Because it's not just Jay-Z. It's a bunch of them. I mean, even Kanye. And with Kanye's argument, you know, Kanye has changed. You know, he's a little bit different than the young black man from the mm-hmm. south side of Chicago with his mama being a professor at Chicago State and how he's changed. And, you know, one of the primary arguments that I hear about Kanye now is that people are critiquing him because now he is basically complaining that white supremacy is keeping him from being recognized and celebrated in white fashion circles. So it went from, you know, so it went from him, you know, wanting to provide jobs and opportunity and education to the kids in the community. And I must say he did donate some more money this year towards summer jobs for the kids, but his focus has changed. And so, you know, what are your thoughts, you know, when you look at this history, you know, you look at, you know, you've been listening to hip hop all of these years from then to now. What are your thoughts on the commodification of hip hop? Because yes, it truly and, has changed. Uh, yes, it, it it truly has changed. And um yeah, on one hand I can't really I can't really fault anybody for playing by the rules and making money on the music on their art, on their creativity. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and this is where it's weird because you know this is the Bill Cosby uh, argument uh, that um, that that uh, what's the comedian Dave Chappelle kind of used like he raped but he helped a lot of people you know, like you know Kanye <laughs> dealing with Kanye dealing with uh, Trump is like ah it's like okay but then you look at the stuff that him and Common did. Uh, for the jobs for the kids for the summer, you know what I'm saying? That's that's a good right. thing, you know. Um, when does the out bad? Uh, when when does the bad outweigh the good? I don't know, you know. Like um, that's why I just try. I try to, you know, I try to pay attention to what's going on, you know. Um, but I, I look at what they're doing. They're doing it. They're not breaking any laws, you know. what I'm saying they But does it? Do we need more from them? Yeah, that, that's what I ask myself. You know, could could, could uh-huh. we go further? But, you know, uh, I don't think social justice is on my time. It's on their time. You know, when Jay-Z could have been right. made to like like this, but he had to do it when he was ready. And I got to respect that, you know. 
I, you know, I got to respect that Kendrick Lamar even and, and J. Cole, you know, they, they, they herald them as uh, social justice people, you know, and, and for the black community, you know, but, you know, it's, it seems like sometimes it comes off as fake deep, but at the same time, I appreciate them, especially Kendrick Lamar. I really had to appreciate him for at least trying because so many right. rappers are not really trying these days, you know, and, and if I, if before, before Kim, before you met me, if you met me before uh, 2011, you probably would have thought I was an a-hole. You probably thought I was an a-hole when, <laughs> when you met me, but you know, you let, you let me, you allowed me to grow, you know, you allowed me to grow. And that's, no, what, you that's what we have to do with our young Thank you very much, but we but we but we gotta allow people to grow on their own time. And uh, but the thing is, I just if, if they're not if they're not if they're, if they're at a point in their life where they feel a certain type of way, then they should they should they should do better by just saying nothing than just you know blurting their hot take all over the internet. And then that's where they get called. You know, well they're saying, uh, well, you know. Bill Cosby is innocent. Who would want to uh, have sex with ugly women? Uh, you know, I mean, just if you don't understand it, just keep it to yourself, you know, or if you just got this hot take, then you got to suffer the consequences or reap the benefits of it. But the commodification of hip hop, you know, I feel like um, what Jay-Z said, uh, we're doing what you did to the cold crush. I, I, met, I totally messed it up. But, you know, how they treated uh, rappers and black acts in the 70s and the 60s, just, uh-huh. you know, raping the and publishing. Yeah, the Chitlin Circuit and, you know, just doing them dirty, greasy. And, you know, it's like, you know, I understand why Jay-Z would have a no-holds-barred approach to the industry, just like what LeBron James is doing uh, with his businesses, you know, especially with the NBA, right. you know. So, you know, we you know, we want them to be I, – I, I want them to be more social justice. And Jay-Z has done a great job since 2001 by, you know, just always giving money here, there, uh, giving money to Africa right. for, to build, to get water. You know, Beyonce has been doing a good job. You know, I, I think that we don't like this, this, you know, I think some people don't like their style of social justice sometimes, you know, like we wish ours or theirs or whoever, whoever wants it to be, you know, what they appreciate, you know, so, you know, I, I know people are mad at Beyonce's feminism. So, but, at the same time, Jay Z got to the point by commodifying hip hop where he can say this now, and right. there's an appreciation for me with that, you know. But we just, I just want to see growth, you know. And, and I think he had, he is growing, and he's talking. I think he has people, the right people in his corner. Hopefully, we'll see. Right, right, and see, you know. I'm gonna take this a little deeper. I wasn't going to, but I'm gonna go ahead and. And and go there because with hip hop, do it, please do it. And okay, <laughs> uh, you know, but with hip hop and the invention or the origina- origination of hip hop, it was the music of the people, you know, by the people and for the people, and telling our stories, stories that had not been told, and and when they are told, they're not told our way. And unfortunately, you have some people out here. If it's not white telling the story, they ain't going to believe it and they're not trying to hear it. And so when I look at the origination of hip-hop and look at what happened then and why then and what's happening now, you know, I just feel like there's been 
and appropriation and a co-opting of the entire culture. And, you know, and that's what I find, you know, disturbing about that because, I mean, you know, hip-hop is not just rappers. You got a lot of folks. I mean, when, when Erica Badu made, her, made that song, Love of My Life, and she was talking about hip-hop, you know, and mm-hmm. um, it's just, you know, just amazing. But, I mean, when you think about it, and, you know, it's cultural, you know, because it was Dominicans and black folks and, you know, Latino people or Latinx people that helped create this culture. They cultivated it. They nurtured it. And you look at it now and you have these record companies telling them they have to write certain type of lyrics and and have a certain type of image. And it's gone from being, you know, a cultural, you know, cherished culture to basically being commodified. And I just find that very disturbing. You know, you know, what do you say about that? It, it, it is disturbing. Um, but it, it's, it's weird also it's because um, mm-hmm. we're seeing, we're seeing nowadays that, well, let me just, I'm wants to be hip hop artist. <laughs> you know, my friend manages them. He, he he's a doctor, you know. He said it's too much litigation in, in uh, being a doctor. You're always getting sued for something. <laughs> he said he wants to be a right. hip hop artist. So my my point with this is is to say that people want to people want to be infamous for something. People want to be remembered by something. People feel like they, they people want people to see their creativity, you know. And um and I know Too Short has said that uh, he was told by uh, record companies that you know his positive songs is not what's going to sell the album. The, neg- neg- the negativity sells. And I just go back to uh, N.W.A. To me, it was shocked. It was shocking to hear them cursing like, like they was. And, you know, um, I wasn't really shocked by, well, I was shocked by Fuck the Police, excuse me, uh, by F the Police. <laughs> but I was really shocked that, you know, how, you know, they were just calling everybody bees and, you know, talking about the guns they running running around with and talking about how they having sex with people and stuff like that, I was like, wow, you know, that was really shocking. And, you know, so I right. do think that um, I, I definitely see, I think the commodification of hip-hop is bad for black women because they get thrown, once again, they get thrown under the mm-hmm. bus, you know. Yeah, uh, yep. You know, back in the 80s and 90s, it was they were talking about raping them. And, you know, uh, now they're talking about, you know, these thoughts and you know some black women has take taken it all like yeah I'm a I'm a bad thought and you know and we shouldn't especially I'm on the side of not sexually shaming people you know if you feel like you uh-huh. are and you know I feel like you should be able to turn that to a positive because who don't want to fuck I'm sorry who don't want to have sex right right you know? right right no and, you're good and, and so you know if if I if, you know uh, men can be thoughts all day you know what I'm saying we can be Holes, but like as Common once said, uh, I'm a I'm a hole, but not a whole nigga. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, don't, don't test don't test my don't test my manhood because I ain't no whole nigga. Which you kind of right. you know bad mouthing women in a, in a way, but I'm a hole. I can fuck mm-hmm. all these women, and you know no one can tell me nothing, and I'm actually gonna get applauded for it. But as you can see right. with the whole Black China thing right now, you know. They, you know, everybody's mad that you know she she may have cheated. I don't know the story. Uh, she, I thought they were separated, so I thought I 
I thought having sex is fair game, <laughs> you know, if you separate it. But, I mean, people got strict mm-hmm. rules, and I understand, and it's not my rules. But, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just think that they, they, throw, they throw black women under the bus, you know, to commodify hip-hop, you know, because a lot of times now people don't really got guns. They talk about drugs and, and for the women, you know. So I don't really mm-hmm. see, you know, I don't really see the crime aspect as much as, you know, as I used to. But yeah, you know, so if you if you want down black women, you know, or women in general, just to get your point across, then you know, I get. But then you can't. But then corporate America does it too with some burgers with women with big breasts, and you know, I don't, I ain't gonna lie, I like looking at it, but it, you know, it is exploitation to my thing. What do you think? Like, am I am I off somewhere? Like, I might be off. No, 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 no. Everything that you said was valid, and, you know, and you're right. You know, with the slut-shaming, you know, like I said, you know, I'm, you know, I'm pro-sex, pro-sex worker, pro-ho, however you spell it, however you pronounce it, you know. I'm anti-trifling, but I'm pro-whatever, you know. Right, and, right, right. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, the whole thing with Black China and the Kardashian and all of that, I don't really get into that because, see, I don't identify with those folks. And, you know, like we were talking before, I feel that there are too many people out here who are personally invested in the lives of people they will never know. And there are too many people out here trying to identify with these folks. You can't, you don't, and you won't. You know, and that's one of the problems that we're having. But, you know, pulling it back to hip-hop and hip-hop culture and well, oh yeah, and I'm happy that Black China has not been, you know, sucked into the sunken place, you know, with all the other Black people that have dealt with the Kardashians. But that's a different story. Mm. But uh, <laughs> with the hip hop <laughs> culture now, and 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 the music that's being put out there, do you see this? Um, do you see the hip hop culture being used as a Uh, as social control, being able to control the masses, you know, are they using it for social control? What are your thoughts on that? Oh my gosh, this goes, shout out to my friend, Sean Livingston. Uh, We have this debate all the time. Does hip hop, does hip hop make people do things? And I used to Uh say no all the time, but then I think about it. I read, if I read read the Bible and people that read the Bible, you know, they they follow it and they believe it as if you know it's the the real true word of God. So why wouldn't music do that also? I know I know uh, I know what you movies do, do it also. You know I know I think a lot about love because of movies. You know uh, I I create my own imagination theater of the mind about what relationships are is supposed to be or what family is supposed to be from. The Cosby Show back in the day, like some, I, I still kind of hold some of that stuff today, even though it's not real to me, you know. So I, I, I gotta say that if you hear something uh, enough, you know, with repetition, then it can become true for people. Uh, just like that MK Ultra thing that the that the government used to do. Yeah. To uh, <laughs> so, so right now, um, I'm. I wouldn't be surprised. Kim, have you ever seen this documentary named Bitter Lake? No, but send me a link and I'll make sure I pull it on Netflix or one of those other, you know, um, channels and and watch it. You know, it's a lot of stuff people keep telling me to watch. 
But I think I have well, a special guest for you here. Hold on, let's see if we can pull them in. Okay. <laughs> hey, are you there? How are you? Yeah, I'm there. Can you hear me? Hello? Hey, I can Hello. hear you just Hello. fine, Marcus. Here's Raina. Raina. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> Raina, Raina, I'm so happy to speak to you. Yeah, it's I want to thank you. Uh, I want to thank you too for. Uh, I want to thank you I for heard, introducing me uh, to that group, Hawk House. Uh, which group? Hawk House. They're from uh, the UK. Oh. It was a long. It was a long time ago. That. You posted a song. It was a long time oh, ago. Okay. You posted a song on your on your Facebook page and. Okay. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Oh man! I I heard you guys' conversation. You know, um, I'm really happy for your book coming out. Can't wait to read it. You know. Thank you very we, much. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, I'm just gonna. Um, I got some work to do, y'all. So if y'all don't mind, I'm gonna just fade to the background. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to, um, okay, well, I'm going to put you back on mute. Just press one when you want to come back, okay? Okay, no problem. All right, bye-bye. All right. Okay. Hey, yeah, I wanted Raina to call in and just say hi to you. That was cool. <laughs> I, I mean, I just miss y'all back and forth, you know, especially when something bothers Raina. Boy, I'm like, well, she about to get him. I, that's what I'd be thinking in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> now, imagine arguments. It's like the funniest thing ever. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dear writer. oh, yeah, we clash. We have our moments, and then we sit back and we laugh about it because it is funny. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but, no, it's just the whole thing. But like you were saying, you know, you and your friend, you talk about it. And just like with religion or any other cult, you got some people that will follow it to the, you know, follow it, you know, to the very end that, you know, or follow mm-hmm. it to the letter and, 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 and try to do and be and say what these other folks, you know, put out there. And, you know, that's kind of unfortunate, but that goes back to what I say. We're here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. And that's why, that's one of the reasons why I tend to get upset when I hear people basically recapitulating what I'm saying. And I'm like, that's all well and good, but do you understand what I said? And why does it matter to you? And how does it matter to you? And how do you explain it to others? You know, because last thing, I I don't want mindless morons following me. That's not what I want. You know, I want people who will stand up and challenge me. You understand? Mm. So, it, because it forces me to get better, it forces me to be a little bit more careful, a little bit more cautious with some things. I may not like it sometimes, but you know, you, you accept it and you learn from it and you move on. But I mean, it's just so much that's happening. And you know, one of the things that I found interesting about Jay Z was, again, his mom being LGBTQ, she's been with her partner for years. I mean, they were together um, before Jay-Z even did his first, you know, rap CD. And so, and then he said, you know, having a daughter, you know, made him look at feminism and look at women, you know, a little differently because he had a daughter. But see, this is the thing, you know, we still have a lot of toxic masculinity 
in 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 hip hop, whether it's you know from them having this hard thug image, or that patriarchy, whereas they're the ones in charge, bow down and do as I say, you know, mm-hmm. and you have all of these issues here. And you know, Raina brought up to me, you know, about this Kodak Black and oh, yeah. about the rape yeah. allegations and comments regarding black women and darker skinned women in particular and a quote of light-skinned women easier to break down. And, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, what are some of your thoughts on that? And, and see, what I really want you to do is to contrast, you know, the hip-hop of that day and the hip-hop of today in regards to, you know, you know, the toxic masculinity. And, you yeah. know, it's just it's so interesting because it's like men have emotions. They just show them a little differently. But, you know, again, you have that patriarchy going in there, and, and, and it just it gets a little twisted. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, especially with the Kodak Black thing, I feel like that's culture talking. I mean, we can blame it on hip-hop, and, yes, you hear it re- repeated. But I feel like that's something that he's learned from, Maybe his bigger brothers. He brought that to mm-hmm. hip hop because everybody doesn't see it that way. A lot of people do, but then if I contrast it to the old school hip hop, and uh, you know, I mean, uh, C. Rand talked about you know, even church girl in the car, you know. So mm-hmm. I mean, so, so the the toxic masculinity was back then too, and even uh, mm-hmm. in the the black nationalist type of hip hop or uh, conscience type of hip hop. You know, women were supposed to be subservient and uh, submissive and, you know, uh, take care of the family wide. You know, I mean, these, these, these are some of my favorite acts, you know, like Brand Nubian or, you know, even Common. Oh, yeah. Even Common has some of that stuff. KRS One, you know, my favorites, you know, and that's why I have a problem with, um, because to me, this is just entertainment. You know, like, I listen to it like I look at a movie. Like, I don't think that uh, I don't think that somebody with a John Wick is going to actually, <laughs> you know, go shoot people with the precision of, you know, a sniper. I don't look at it like right. that. I, I listen to their story. And, you know, and if it's for them, it's cool. But, you know, I don't want to – I don't go back home. I don't think I do, at least. Maybe I'm affected. And I'm, I'm just, I just have blinders to it. But, you know, uh, I listen to this stuff, and, you know, it's like, it's it's unfortunate. But I got to remember that everybody isn't like me. And not to say I'm better or worse, some people hear Kodak Black and, like, yeah, that is the way. You know, they can just resonate with those types of things. So, yeah, I just, there's a lot of of toxic masculinity all through uh, hip-hop. And it's not going nowhere no time soon because people are so dismissive of, what women say, and you know, like, hey, don't call us females. Females, these females be blah blah blah, you know, or you know, don't, you know, uh, be about uh, what's the when, when women are walking down the street, uh, cat calling and stuff like that. I mean, it's not. Oh yeah. You know, like, don't nobody want to, nobody want to be nobody's hoe. You know what I'm saying? Like, and don't get nothing from it. You know, they don't, you know, you just don't want to please. You ain't just here to please a man. You know what I'm saying? I think we don't get that as men, and even even I still have. You know, even I don't always get it. You know, even if you was in my head, you know, you probably think I was a dickhead sometimes, and I I, I get it. You know, I'm still growing. You know, uh, but you know, women don't got time to 
to be women don't got time to wait for our growth and if 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 we let them we'll put it to the back burner like okay i understand you want this but just wait we'll, we'll get better in time but people's lives are online right now you know life is not happening now it's always now you know so right. I, I i do think that uh i do think that uh you know the elders i, I think all hip hop need to step up and and you know look at uh women in a better light but you know we all got to grow mm-hmm. on our own terms and and so I, I wish Kodak Black could see it differently, you know. But I do think that it, it's it's more culture, uh, and hip hop is a culture, you know, um, that mm-hmm. that, that that perpetuates it. Uh, but I blame I blame people when you know that's more around them. But I think that's where it comes from is the culture they grew up in, and not just hip hop culture because it's we're not just one monolith of thinking, you know. So exactly. Oh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, you know, and and it takes growth, and that goes back to, you know, what I said on the last show, that, you know, you have to develop intellectually, you know, and and if you're not developing, you know, intellectually, then you're kind of stuck in the same place, and, you know, there's not a lot of growth there. You know, there is some growth, but not nearly as much growth as, you know, there really needs to be, but... You know, the whole thing, um, you know, is a bigger discussion that definitely needs to be had. And, you know, what's so interesting is that you have a lot of people within the secular community, well, not a lot of people, but a few people, talking about hip-hop and humanism. You know, Dr. Anthony Penn um, wrote Mm -hmm. about that, and Monica Miller also wrote about that. And so one of the things, you know, that I was talking with Raina about was hip-hop and atheist variety, varieties of non-believers or atheists in hip-hop. And so she brought Mm -hmm. up MERS, and then I brought up Tyler, the creator, and there are a few more out there. Don't know what happened to Imani, you know, because, you know, he was great at what he did. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, I believe that there are a number of hip hop artists, rappers that are, you know, atheists or agnostic. And so, you know, I, I think that would be interesting because it's like you already had, you know, um little signs and little things that they would say to kind of give a clue. But I believe one of the reasons why most of them have not necessarily publicly acknowledged it is because in most of the communities that buy his their music, especially the black community, you know, if you come out saying that you're an atheist and you're an atheist rapper, well, then you severely limit you know, the number of people yeah. who are going to purchase, you know, your material. And But I see, but now that there are more of us out here and coming out, you know, you know. first they were dipping a toe to test the water, but you see more and more of them coming out, you know, whether it's athletes or, you know, the actors and actresses and, you know, musicians. And so that's always a wonderful thing. And, um, you know, we see the trend turning a little bit. But before, you know, I just wanted to make that comment right there. But um, we just lost Prodigy. We just lost Prodigy. Yeah. Yeah, did yeah. he have any influence on you? Because I love Mob Deep. Oh my gosh, he's in he's in my book, the uh, Pearly Gates, uh, the Pearly mm-hmm. it's the Pearly Gates chapter. Uh, he wrote a song with Fifty Cent, uh, Mob Deep and Fifty Cent wrote a song named Pearly Gates, 
and um, and the hook goes. Fifty Cent does the hook, basically bargaining with God, you know, about getting into heaven. But Prodigy and in the verse, I mean, it influenced me so much when he, he was talking about uh, <laughs> beating beating God like they did in uh, the movie uh, with uh, what's the what's the racist guy, um, Passion of the Christ. A whole bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he, was about, he was talking about how, how uh, when he see God, he gonna beat him like they did in the movie, and you know for for leaving leaving uh, black people in poverty, and like I was like wow, and this was a much darker prodigy, and prodigy is already a dark artist in general, but this was a darker tone. He had just came from jail, he had uh, I guess he's been reading a lot of books uh, and like the ISIS papers, and you know. Um, all those those types of books, uh, and you know uh-huh. he just learned. I guess he learned about the Bible, and I guess he read the Bible, and you know just saw inaccuracies for him. And Prodigy is just the way he uses his work. The misogynistic dude, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> he talk about you know right. the community and all that stuff. But it's like the way he said it, it's, it's a story, you know what I'm saying? And 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 I I, I totally love the way he. Uh, portrayed the character as prodigy. He might have been that person in real life, but, I, you know, the way he wrote his raps and, raps and said it, you know, and the way he, he used his words and, and painted imagery for, for people to see, like, that whole Pearly Gates verse, like, I saw what he was saying, and I felt him. And that's what made me, that that was what that was it for me. That was, that's what made me say, okay, I'm not going to be scared to call myself an atheist. You know, this is who I am. This is what I believe, and you know I felt emboldened, you know by by just that one 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 rap. Of course, it was a series of raps that helped me, and of course it was videos, and it wasn't just hip hop that just made me come out and say, right. excuse me, an atheist, you know. But that was it for me. Like that was out of all the raps in this book that I that I talk about that that influenced me. That that was the final straw, you know, to where I felt comfortable, you know. I was, and then at that time I worked for. ESPN, and I was by myself in Connecticut. No family, no family was around me to say, "Well, this is why Prodigy is wrong," and this is, you know, right. this is what's really going on with the Bible. So, you know, I, I thought Prodigy uh, a gem of an artist. What would you think? Oh yeah, most definitely. You know, and um, you know, he influenced you know a number of people, and I mean, the music was all that and some, but. No, I'm right there with you, and it's just interesting because, you know, you were bringing up Pearly Gates and, you know, his anger with God, and so, you know, I remember having conversations about that with religious people, and I know some folks are like, well, why does she bring up, you know, atheists, hip-hop artists, and rappers? Because I wanted to contrast, you know, that between Kendrick Lamar and Chance the Rapper, and, you know, again, you have black Christianity, tradition, and spirituality mixed in there. And so, you know, you got Kendrick Lamar and Chance the Rapper, Tyler the Creator, and MERS, and, you know, their beliefs or their non-beliefs. And so I guess the question would be, you know, now that they're mixing in beliefs and mixing in non-belief, mm, you know, do you think yeah. that this is an appropriation of rap and hip-hop culture? Or you think they're trying to appropriate it, you know, with the talk of religion or the talk about atheism? You know, you know, do you feel that there's yeah. an appropriation? No, I don't feel like it's an appropriation. I feel like uh, 
spirituality has always been a part of hip hop. Um, uh, the five percent or the nation of the gods and earth's been a big part of hip hop and hip hop slang for the longest time. Um, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned Chance the Rapper and Kendrick. They're, I, I contrast them with uh, Lecrae. I compare them to like a Lecrae, and it's like Lecrae yeah. is just as good as Chance the Rapper or uh, or, or Kendrick, in my opinion. But I feel like what Lecrae messed up is he championed the um, Christian rapper. Now it comes off as preachy. Mm-hmm. But I trace that line of preachy. And Chance the Rapper is just it's a celebration, in my opinion. I'm not, a, I'm, not the, I'm not the biggest fan of Chance the Rapper, but I see what people mm-hmm. like him. You know, and he celebrates, you know, like he, he, he uses uh, Christian music in his song so well to where you don't even know you're singing silver and gold sometimes. Like, oh. <laughs> like, you remember that was a church song. Like, oh, okay. You know, and uh, I like the way he does it. He's not being over-preachy. Right. You know, uh, Lecrae is not over-preachy, but it's just that the tone that he set by saying that he was a Christian rapper, and I enjoy his music and purchase his music anyway, but, you know, um, Rappers with Wu Tang Clan and you know even CeeLo, uh, back in the day they they get away even out of they get away with the spirituality because you know they say how does Lauryn Hill say I have so you ignorant niggas hear me you know, then they put a little sugar in it with their with their spiritual thoughts you know and it, they they were right. clever with it you know so I, hip hip spirituality has always been part of hip hop I just think that you know. I just think that um, it's going to a, a, a phase where, like, I'm surprised people ain't really questioning Kendrick's. Uh, I think he's like one of the black, um, the black Jewish Hebrew, people, Jewish people, Israelites now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is gonna be interesting because I want to see how far he goes with this because everybody don't agree with that either, you know, and right. he, that can upset people. I mean, on a street corner, it's upset people. <laughs> And yelling at people, so I just want to see how far he's gonna go with it. But I, I always said that Kendrick, that the uh, Good Kid, Mad City album, I said you, you, he had to get like at least a million people to want to be a Christian after after that album, after that talk with that old lady that he had. Uh, right. Tell him that this is how you get saved by God. I just thought that was really. I mean, I'm an atheist, but I enjoy him doing that in a way. Like, oh, that's, that's kind of our culture. That's I know an old lady that would tell me that, and you know, so I just, I wonder where it's gonna go. Do you feel like do you feel like it's appropriation? If so, how? Because you know, I don't really see it, but I could be blind to something. No, 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 no. The reason why I don't necessarily see it as appropriation, because what this shows me, the way that I view this, is again evolution, and it's a mm-hmm. growing process. And so you're going to have a number of different people. And the thing is, is that you, you know, more than likely had atheists and agnostics and free thinkers all along. It's just that it was one of those taboo subjects. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, feminism was somewhat taboo in a lot of black communities, especially a lot of black Christian communities. And that's changing. You know, when I see women claiming to be black, you know, um, Christian women feminists, 
you know, because Raina and I sat in on a couple of their, you know, webcasts, and we're looking at it, and mm-hmm. we got it, and we were like, okay. And then, you know, I was tying a lot of that to womanism, and, you know, so it's, it's interesting. But, no, I see it as evolution. Now, what I do see as appropriation with hip-hop culture is the fact that, you know, in many cases they're being directed to write certain type of lyrics, project a certain type of image and all of that, and they're doing it for the money. And so, you know, the message is changing, the message is being kept to, you know, to basically to continue to keep people out here fighting and arguing and fussing about things as opposed to, you know, the the, the messages of unity that you used to hear in hip-hop. You know, you got some that are out here still, you know, saying, you know, yeah, we're unified, we're in solidarity, but, hell, I ain't really heard anyone singing too hard on, you know, unity since Queen Latifah. You know what I mean? Mm. And, you know, just the yeah. whole culture changed. And I'm just talking about femsies there, you know. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that's the process. People change, you know, society changes, and now that you do have hip-hop artists that are now out here and saying who and what they are, and they're proud of it, and they're making no apologies of it, you know, people are leaving the church in droves. And, you know, and and that's one of the things that I think that we kind of missed, but not totally missed because it's still happening really in its infancy, is that we needed to make sure that there was a soft place for people who were leaving religion to land. Now, what I do want to say is that not everybody leaving religion is coming over to secularism. You have a lot of Mm -hmm. nuns out there. And the secular community, they like to lay claim to the nuns, but, you know, that, you know, they're misidentifying those people because, you know, most of the nuns do not identify with secularists nor religious. So, you know, you got to go back and start looking at those numbers. But, you know, society is changing, you know, just like the browning of America, you know, and, and yeah. You know, I can take this into a whole different political type of conversation, but no, I don't necessarily think, you know, introducing religion or non-religion into it is appropriation. What I think is appropriation is the fact that these, you know, white major, you know, record companies are dictating the message. You understand, you know, that's what I consider as co-option and appropriation because they're telling them what to talk about unless you're someone totally independent like Chance the Rapper, and they want him badly. They definitely want to control him and his message, but he's not having any of it, and he's a role model to a lot of folks because he's shown them that you can be an independent artist, you know, um, sell your CDs online, you know, digital downloads, sell your merchandise, and you can still acquire wealth while being your own boss and not having to bow down to these people at the record company who may or may not release your album or just put it on a shelf. So you're at that their mercy. And, again, you know, even if you go back, and I kind of, you know, I think a lot of this stuff is slavery, and this is just me. You know, when you had black sharecroppers, they would go and buy things from the company store, which was owned by who, you know, the slave masters or the former slave masters. And so the black sharecroppers were never able to really save a lot of money and get ahead because, you know, 
you go to the store and you need a plunger, you probably could get it for 50 cents if you could find another store, but because it's there, now it's a $5 plunger. And and that's what happened with a lot of these record companies. You know, they advance you a little bit of money, then they got to pay for the studio time. And, I mean, it's just usury, all the fees and everything they add. That's why you see a lot of these people, you know, dying broke and destitute. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's just a shame because, you know, there's so much more that can be done. But, look, I just I want to make sure we hit another couple of um, points. But, yeah, you know, so my whole thing is I don't like how these artists are being controlled by the record company. And then, in turn, they're influencing the general masses, knowing damn well that's not how they're living their lives. But you got people mm. out here that are believing those things. You know, and you want, you know, people are out here saying, oh, that's just TV. Everybody knows that that's not real. No, that's not true. You know, mm. yeah, everybody so, doesn't know that. Exactly. You know, just like as non-believers, we don't believe everything that's said and in, in, in written in the Bible is true, but there are some people who would die defending that, saying that it is. You know, mm-hmm. so just trying to look at this, you know, from a num- number of, you know, different, you know, perceptions there. Angles. But, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 angles, yeah. And, um, you know, you know, we were talking about the, you know, the um, – MCs or the women rappers, I forgot to bring up Sister Soldier. And even though mm, I have yeah. fundamental differences with her, you know, um, it was just real interesting that Bill Clinton decided that he wanted to beat up on her. Not that I believe mm-hmm. in her message and not that I should feel sorry for her because, again, you know, you know, it is about these particular types of people that are capitalists that are, you know, part of the, you know, elite or the black elite, which they don't really care what happens to the rest of us. But, I mean, even when she had her message out there, I mean, you know, Sister Soldier was hot for a minute. You know, so yeah. you know she had the backing of a lot of people, but yeah, no, I, I really do want you to go and do some, you know, some research on that, and do a portrayal of black, you know, femcs and hip hop, mm-hmm. you know, and um, all of that. But we're we're almost done. I want to ask you, what are you listening to now? What's in your rotation? Uh, in my rotation now, let's see. I got a. Uh... I, I like the Rick Roth album. Uh, that's that's still in my rotation. Um, I like Kendrick Lamar's damn album. That's in my rotation. Uh, no, people don't like mumble rap, but that click that new Playboy Cardi. <laughs> it, I, I like it. <laughs> it is definitely a fun album. And um, right now, like. Um, Raina was one of the people uh, uh, that I thought I thanked I thanked her for um, for introducing me to that UK group. Hawk uh, she probably don't even remember, but she put it up one day, and I was like, oh, "Let me check it out," you know. But uh, I've, I've been more into uh, international rap. Uh, it's this guy named Tom Scott out of Zealand. Uh, he is this is this is gonna sound bad and sacrilegious, uh, but he's my favorite rapper ever. <laughs> I spent like two years <laughs> listening to all his music. Uh, and like he, it's a, it's a, he's a white guy from New Zealand, and it's just this guy is excellent to me. And he he talks about uh, stuff like existential and 
and uh, uh-huh. and goes into angst of you know getting older and you know it's just it's really it's really deep and you know I really enjoy the music. Um, I get so many quotables. Uh, the way he puts his beats um, with with the with his bread juice, some of his lyrics. I mean, to me, it's amazing. So everybody's taste is not the same. So I'm listening to right now. Um, I did want to ask you though, and and not really to go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to my friend, uh, my homies Mike Jones and Cam Quotes. Uh, they 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 uh, run a they run a perspective respective uh, rap pages, but we always always ask them about women in 2017. Can a woman run rap in 2017? Uh, they didn't give me the answers yet, uh, but I'm asking you, <laughs> what do you think? Because uh, uh, I'm thinking that uh, does a woman have to be submissive in hip-hop to to maybe make it to where Lauryn Hill made it? Because even Lauryn Hill, as she was she was great. To me, she could have she could have been and maybe was the best rapper of her time, uh, uh-huh. but she kind of she kind of had those submissive ways in terms of like the religious ideology and respectability politics that you know uh-huh. you know that song girl you know you better why that was kind of respectability okay. yes you know <laughs> watch so out I, yeah I see, but I'm wondering could could a, could could there be a Lauryn Hill or a Missy Elliott where they don't have to uh, I guess put themselves down or respectable politics, or, you know, could it, could it be somewhat, could it be a feminist, that's what I want to ask. Could it be a straight feminist, a woman rabbit that runs in 2017 and beyond? Well, okay, so yes, there could be, you know, a woman rapper, femcy that can run and dominate the industry, you know, whether they're hetero or LGBTQ, you know, and it can happen. It can be done. You know, the unfortunate part about it is that, you know, even throughout the years, the women in hip-hop and rap, they were delegated to a lesser role. They didn't get as much of the marketing and the promotion. And then again, you have that patriarchal mindset. You know, basically mm-hmm. the men were like, it's all about us, and the women would only be allowed to go so far. But nowadays, again, you know, I use Chance the Rapper as an example. What he did was instrumental, and it was groundbreaking. And I believe mm-hmm. that women can and are able to do the same thing. And, and see, this is the thing. See, and this is where a lot of people get mixed up. You know, they want to run the particular culture in the particular industry. No, run your own shit, and you make it good, <laughs> and you make it better, and then you control the narrative. You set, right. you know, the standards of excellence, and let them try to catch up to you. You, you understand? Okay. So, oh, yeah, okay, there are some women out there. So you saying? So you saying if, if the companies are running it, we can't really trust that they have the best. Uh, they have the best. They, they're looking out for the artists and the people who listening to the artists. Like they might control them with a narrative, but if you own your own, right. it's better. You can control your own narrative, and so we don't have to question if the company's got you know making you say all oh, these black women some thought ass holes. You know what I'm saying? Right. I guess that's redundant. Right. <laughs> but you know. Oh yeah. Uh, Right. But no, you're correct because it's like this. Then you're free to be who you are. You're free to say what you want to say, and you're living and you're speaking about your own reality. 
And 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 when you're in that mode and you own it and it's yours, you believe in it. And you know, and at that point, it's not a job, it's not a career, it's not something to do until something else comes in. You live in your dream, you live in your life, you're living your thoughts. And so it's never a job. It's just something that you were destined to do, something you've always wanted to do. It's your dream. And this is why I always talk about dream killers and to get away from them because, you know, you have a lot of people out here with a lot of talent, but you got people around them telling them you can't do this or that don't sound good or A, B, C, D, and E. And like I said on the show Sunday, five years from now, they'll be at your seminar or you'll be talking somewhere at someone else's seminar and they're an audience taking notes, or you can believe them, and three, four, five years from now, you look up, and they, they don't took all your shit, and now they running with it. So mm. my thing is, the people that are out there and telling you that you can't do this, that, any other, and you shouldn't do this, that, any, you know, I'm at the point now, I'm like, do you. If it works, yeah. wonderful. If it doesn't work, then you know what not to do next time. That don't mean just lay down and give up your dream. You just have to modify it. That's all. You know, right. and so, yeah, no, I think women are just as good as any man in rap and hip-hop. And, you know, it's just unfortunate that, you know, a lot of, you know, women artists, you know, basically they have to stand in the shadow of a lot of men. You know, and so with time, with time, and like mm. I said, now, you know, and the thing is, is that a lot of it is about resources, because if you go and you look at that, at the, you know, the statistics that are out there that talk about black women and, you know, the wealth inequality gap and just the way that this society is set up, you know, women are at a true disadvantage, you know, so, you know, if you're trying to worry, you know, from day to day, you know, if you're going to be able to keep a roof over your you and your child and your family's head and keep everybody fed and clothes and all of that, you know, even though you got the talent, even though you got the dream and you got the motivation, sometimes you just ain't got the loot. And sometimes you don't have the time and or the loot. So, you know, that's what's so wonderful about, you know, the Internet today and also getting the resources and information out there. You know, there are a lot of women that want to do these types of things. They just don't know where to start. And unfortunately, Mm. when they go to some of these men to ask for help, you know, there's usually some strings attached with some of them. Oh, I'll help you record this, but you got to up some ass. You understand? Mm. So, you know, you come on now. You know that happens. And so, um, you know, but in many cases, you know, a lot of women, they may have these dreams, but sometimes, you know, life gets in the way. But I still want to encourage them. It's never too late. You know, Mm. know, people tease about 40- and 50-year-old rappers. But my thing is that, you know, if that's your dream and you want to do it and you invest your time and money, I get it. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, if you doing all of that and you got a woman with you and she believes in you and so she's holding down the fort while you're chasing this dream, once you get to that place, if you get to that place, you're going to pull a Kanye, exactly what he said, mm. a gold digger, he going to drop you for a yeah. white girl. White really? girl. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
<laughs> so, I mean, just little things like that. That's why, you know, it's interesting, movies like Waiting to Exhale, when she lit that match and threw it over her back and that, that car went up in flames, you know, because she bent over backwards, helped him build that, that wealth, build that empire. And then you turn around mm-hmm. and want to shit on her. So, anyway, that's not what we're talking about today. But, anyway, <laughs> I'm getting ready to – we're going to sign off in a few minutes, but I want you to give me your top five MCs ever. Ever, ever, ever. Before I give you a top five ever, ever, MCs, ever. I just want to – ever, ever, ever. Uh, I just want to give a shout-out to 2 Chains for uh, turning that trap house to free uh, HIV clinic. That was kind of dope. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Which, especially with everything, with Planned Parenthood getting attacked, you know, um, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of cool. Good, big ups to Two Chains for that. Uh, that just shows that uh, rappers do have a power that they can unlock if they want it to, you know. So good, good look. Uh, top hip hop, top ever. Uh, number one, and uh, I'm actually disappointed with him uh, <laughs> in the last couple of years. But KRS One is my number one rapper ever. Uh, I am not. Who I am uh, today, well, partly he 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 has a lot of he has a lot to do with who I am today, uh, just from the raps that he has made his solo career. Uh, I don't like uh-huh. the Bambata stuff that he's he's been doing lately, uh, but it's, it doesn't take away um, from what he's done in the past. For me, so uh, will be Ice Cube. Uh, Ice Cube, once again, you know, he 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 has shitted on women. You know, like uh, his raps uh, made me look at life differently. Also, uh, he has four his first four albums uh, are great to me. Uh, I really enjoyed them. Uh, number three is Nas. Uh, Nas, uh, uh, when he when he talked about. Uh, Gods, I don't believe in none of that shit. Your facts are backwards. That's in my book. Represents, yeah. you know, um, the way the way he uses words like uh, shooting, shooting through the clouds, like the holy beast is watching us. Like the way he the way he, he romance he has romantic romanticism with words and put them together and make it flow to the beat is just amazing to me. Uh, that's num- uh, that's my number three rapper. Number four rapper would have to be Jay Z. Um, I tried to deny him out of his top five. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Three. Can I move Nas down to four and rock him up to uh, uh-huh. three? Uh, there you go. The words, the words that he that he created, uh, just the way he said words way before Nas. Uh, the way the way he flipped rhymes. The way he told me to know the ledge and. You know, oh my God, it's knowledge! Oh, mind blowing me! <laughs> uh, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, so that'd be my third. Nas would be my fourth, and my fifth would have to be Jay Z. Um, he could paint pictures. Uh, his his Reasonable Doubt album, his uh, Blueprint album, uh, his stories are pretty pretty clean and crisp. Uh, you know, and he he does he does a lot of this. He put a lot of truisms in rap where. You know, it's like, dang, you know, like what you eat don't make me shit. You know, like he does. He does oh, all right like, now. Oh. He's like, okay, you know, like I can use that against somebody. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so Jay Z would be my top five. Can I ask you for yours really quick? You guys, I, I want to know yours too. Okay. All right. So when I look at hip hop artists, 
you know, I'm not only looking at the music that they make, but I look at the moves they make in real life, you know, how, you know, what they invest their money and, you know, in, in their intellect too, right? So mm-hmm. number one would be Queen Latifah and mm-hmm. what she's been able to do with her career and the fact that she's been able to live her life and live her truth without allowing anyone to paint her in a corner as far as coming out and, and, and being forced to tell everybody about your personal life, you know, about her personal life and, and where she's, you know, headed. I mean, you know, not only was the rapping beautiful, I mean, she's, you know, she's acting and, you know, she does talk, she gives lectures. She actually um, had a course that she was given at Harvard for a little while. So, you know, when I look at these people, I'm looking at the overall package, right? So Mm -hmm. Queen Latifah would be number one. Number two would be Nas. Now, Mm -hmm. I've always loved his music. Loved it. Mm-hmm. And he's a brilliant businessman. Right? If I could if I could make LeBron a hip hop artist, he'd be right up there, right there. You know, because what <laughs> LeBron is doing is absolutely phenomenal, you know. And Nas has done a lot, you know, um with the community and, and, and giving back to the community. I know some people are like, well, this doesn't make any sense. You know, we're talking about rap. Yeah, I love the music. I listen to the lyrics. But, you know, in my world, you know, it's more Mm -hmm. to it than just the music and the lyrics. I want to know what type of impact you're having in the community. What are you giving? You understand? Are you helping people? So, you know, I'm, I'm looking at all of that. So Queen, then Nas, after that, you know, it may be a little controversy, but, hey, it is what it is, Lauren Hill. And so what's so mm-hmm. interesting about Lauren Hill is you have people out there that want to call her crazy and call her all of these different names. But truly, I truly believe that with Lauren Hill, I truly believe she felt the pressure of the music industry and then they were trying to pressure her to do things that she did not want to do. You understand? So it, it's it's more to that story than that. But you know what? When she raps and she, she you know, spits those songs out, you can't touch it. You fucking just can't right. touch it. Yeah. You know? So, you know, um, after that, I know people are going to be tripping, but um, Wu-Tang, I mm. love the Wu-Tang Clan, you know, all yeah. day, every day. And so, you know, they would be number four. And my number five is not necessarily an artist, but he made some artists who and what they are, and that would be Jay Dilla. Mm, you know, yeah. and, and the music that he produced and he wrote for people. And for those that didn't that don't know, Jay Dilla died from lupus, and his mom took over his empire. And she, they're still releasing things um, they they donate a lot of money to the Lupus Foundation and to the community, and Jay Dilla, you know, he was just a freaking giant, you know, and and I feel that people need to go beyond just the ones that are out there, you know, spitting the verses and lines. You need to also, you know, give some some respect and some recognition to the people that are really truly writing the songs and producing the music. And for those that are interested in going into that particular, you know, arena. You know, you better know how to count your money, but the majority of the money will come in through the song publishing, writing the songs and the publishing royalties, and the touring and the production of it. So 
Um, you know, that's why when I thought I wanted to go into that, you know, particular arena, I was, you know, yeah, I could sing and all of that, but I was more interested in the writing and the producing because not only did I want to put my product out there, I wanted it to be sustainable. I wanted my, my life and my music to speak on its own but also sustain me throughout the years because you only get a certain amount of time and then your time is up. You know, yep. and um, and oh, and going back that I will put next to Lauren Hill is two people in that category, Lauren Hill and Mary J. Blige, and I'm talking about the old Mary J. Blige, you know, mm-hmm. my life, Mary J. Blige. But I do, you know, like who and what she's become. But you know, the music has changed, and you know, now that she's getting divorced, we'll see what it sounds like. But there you go. So you know, I have a lot of women on that list, and they're not necessarily femcs, but you know, people that have been have been instrumental in the hip hop community in one way or another. So it goes beyond the artistry, you know, with me. And even you. Know, so anyway, there's some other people that I can include, but you know, we're gonna hold it right there at the line. But, Marcus, I just wanted to say thank you again for, you know, letting us conduct these interviews. So I think, you know, the people that were like, well, I want to know more about it. I hope I satisfied your curiosity there. You know, keep an eye out for Marcus. You know, he has some more interviews and things coming up. And get out there, buy his book. You know, you'll enjoy it. You will appreciate it. And, you know, send him some well wishes. He worked hard, and he's, you know, a great young man. He's actually exceptional, and that's one of the reasons why I'm honored, you know, to be able to call him my friend. So thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Kim, and thank you, Raina, for everything you've done for me, and Kim, everything you've done. Just your conversations are helping people. Your conversations are opening people's minds. Your conversation is uh, invoking an emotion. Good or bad, <laughs> which is, to me is good. To me is a good thing, you right? Know, because you know we, we have to think about what you guys are saying. So you and Raina, you know, like whenever Raina was ready, she come back. You know, get on, and you guys are doing something good, and keep challenging the eighth, the secular community, all these communities. You guys are challenged not just the yeah. secular community. You guys are challenged all communities, and you know, keep doing it. I'm gonna always listen, you know, but you know, I encourage everybody Aww. to keep listening, supporting. And sending, you know, sending money if they if you need to help, you know, if they got a Patreon or donate, hit that button. Let's do it because, you know, these are our people. Yeah, I'm only I'm I'm only I'm you're the only podcast I'm on, and that's only because you know you believed in me enough, you know. So we need we need black people to support black people. We need to support everybody, but especially if we we know who's not getting supported, and that's black people and black women, black LGBTQ. You know, so just keep supporting. You know, and you get you're you're opening. You got you are one of the openings that that we need to support and you know, and show our love to. So thank you, Raina. Thank you, Kim Bill, for everything and just you know everything. Thank you. All right, darling. Well, look, we're getting ready to sign off, and that was Marcus Stennis. The name of his, of his book is What's a God to a Non-Believer? My Journey Away from Religion Toward Atheism Through Hip-Hop Music. The link is in the show notes. Go out, purchase a couple of copies, purchase one for yourself, purchase one 
for someone else, you know, give it away so people will have a chance to read this book. It's extremely, extremely important that, you know, we, again, like I said, you know, develop intellectually. We have these books. There are more books coming out, and, you know, I have a couple of things that I'm trying to put in work, so we're not done with you yet, Marcus. But for those that are listening, you know, we're here to challenge you to think and live for yourself, not convert you. We are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. That is important. Do what you need to do for you. And on that note, we are out, and everybody, you know, enjoy your um, day. Take care now. Take it easy. I just love you, honey. Okay. Love you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.